And we're back. Time for our deep dive into the Black Panther movie. We've looked extensively at behind the scenes of the making of this movie. We've looked at the history of black superheroes, the history and the creation of the Black Panther, talking to some amazing people, paid some bills. It's time for that deep dive. First of all, we're going to have a big shout out to Peter J, Brandon Spigielski, Randall Schmidt, Zach Thomas, Bass DeBeer, Sam, Bindi, Supi, and Billy Brown. Those are the people. They, those are the. It, it, this should be presented and brought to you by, and those people, those cats, and all the awesome cats on Patreon make this show possible. Will, take it away. We are pressing play now. Millions of years ago, a meteorite made entirely of vibranium struck the continent of Africa. Many years later, five tribes founded the land around the meteorite, calling the territory Wakanda. Many wars are fought between the tribes, but after one warrior ingests a heart-shaped herb affected by the metal, they gain superhuman abilities and become the Black Panther, the protector of Wakanda. While the four of the tribes unite under the rule of the king, the other tribe, the Jabari, isolated themselves in the mountains. Over the years, the Wakandans used the vibranium to make itself the most technologically advanced nation in the world, while also hiding in plain sight from the outside world, which has become violent and chaotic. Great story setting here. It's like someone took the opening cruel text of a film and went, okay, let's make something visual to go with it that's not too complicated. Perfect way to set the story of a film. I don't like... Yeah, Lord of the Rings starts in a similar way to... I mean, yes. you're saying it's as less complicated. It's probably more complicated because it's condensing other previous books and stuff. But I much prefer that to a scroll. But, I, I, I think, what was it? Uh, the Eternals did that. And that was one thing I was like, oh, for God's sake. Like, I thought we were over this. But then I had to eat my words because then I rewatched one of my favourite films, Blade Runner. And that starts with text. Scroll. I'm like, it's yeah. like, no, I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of that thing. So, let's get on to Vibranium. So, in the original comics, is this how Vibranium arrives in Wakanda? Does it just come in down on a meter right and that's it? Boom, technology. And that's a shield. And a shield. And a shield. A shield. What's the shield? Well, Cap's shield is uh, vibranium, isn't it? It's Apparently. Yeah. Oh, hello. Um, vibranium first appears. Mm. Can you guess which comic book vibranium first appears in? Okay. Is it the Fantastic Four? No, it's Daredevil. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's first Daredevil in February of, of 66, so before the Black Panther's first appearance. Oh, wow. Um, so Stanley writing it genre meter um and it's connected to the savage land which is a hidden prehistoric land in antarctica yes which has this tropical region and dinosaurs and stuff and it plays host to a tarzan like character called kazar kazar mm. um and he you know is crossing over with uh, daredevil in this issue um and it's described as this this special awe found only in the Savage Land, with strange properties that can dissolve and cut through any other metal. Ooh. 
Then later that year, Stanley uses the name Vibranium again in Black Panther's first appearance, and it's not clear whether he forgot. <laughs> and just because he's writing like so many comics in such a short space of time, yeah. there's a lot of Stan getting characters' names wrong, using the same character's name for a completely different person. So it, it, it's, it's possible it was a mistake. Um, but it appears in in that in the first appearance of the Black Panther as a key part of the history and the the power of, of Wakanda. Mm. So the original Savage Land vibranium. Oh no! Well, they both exhibit different properties. So we we talked about that. Yeah, it dissolves any metal. But this stuff in Wakanda is explained um, as as kind of having this uh, effect on vibrations and energy. Mm. And it's later said that they are actually. There were two meteorites. One landed in Wakanda, one landed in the Savage Land. And it delivered two different kinds of vibranium. And the stuff in the Savage Land eventually kind of stops... I mean, it sort of is vibranium, but yeah. it's more commonly referred to as anti-metal. I thought um, you were going to say adamantium then. Adamantium <laughs> metal. Um, and its properties are making you stand and also deliver. Hey! So in the 1970s, we first learned the origins mm. of vibranium. And these are that this massive meteorite came down in the distant past. Um, and uh, it, it lands in the area that would eventually become Wakanda. And mm. it's unearthed um, before, you know, way, way, way before the events of the present day. One of the local tribes um, is led by Ulumo Beshanga, um, the mightiest warrior. Um, he investigates the, the crash site, believing the meteorite mm. is a gift from the gods, um, reaches the crater, and finds that the material vibrates on its own um, and decides it would be useful to forge into weapons. However, the, the radiation from the meteorite starts to affect some of the tribesmen and mutates them. Mm. Um, and these are referred to as demon spirits affected Ooh. by the vibranium. They're more just victims of radiation. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that guy's got cancerous sores upon his body. No, he's a demon spirit. Well, it does turn them into monstrous creatures, not cancer victims. Well, yeah, um, that's what I think, I think of radiations. Bashenga <laughs> prayed to the panther god to give him the strength to defeat these demons. Mm. And... Uh, he becomes the, the first Black Panther, unites the tribes to form the nation of Wakanda. Um, and his, uh, his lineage goes directly down to T'Challa. Um, so the, the vibranium is found to kind of be able to manipulate sound waves and vibrations and things like that mm. um, to protect the resource, much like in the movie, Wakandans conceal their country from the outside world. Mm. Um, T'Challa's father, T'Chaka, funds the country's expansion and advancement this is in the 70s mm. they have to because of marvel's sliding time scale you can't have t'challa's father you can't have t'challa kind of take over in the 70s anyway yeah i'm i don't want to get lost into the sliding time scale <laughs> again so he sells off minuscule quantities of the metal mm. says there are tiny fragments of it around the the in Africa, but not many, uh, completely lying. They've got a huge mountain of it. Um, and by selling off the minuscule quantities, it's so rare, it funds to, um, Wakanda's expansion and advancement. Um, in the 1980s, to your point about a shield, the 1980s, mind, a long, long time after the 40s, the 30s, when Cap was first introduced, 
um, it's revealed that Vibranium is actually a part of Captain America's shield. That was not always the case. It's mm. a, a, like a it was to me, to my mind, it's quite a recent development in Cap's history. Mm. Um, they um, described it in the early forties. A small amount of Wakandian vibranium comes into the possession of a brilliant young scientist called Dr. Myron McLean. McLean begins to develop super strong metals for the US government at the beginning of the Second World War. Experiments by combining and making different alloys for use as tank armor. And he accidentally creates the disc shield by combining vibranium, steel, and an unknown third catalyst. Mm. That's like the KFC secret recipe. They have to keep that one uh, okay. secret. Otherwise, you could just recreate Cap's unique shield. So it's like uh, K- Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's what I just said. Okay. That's KFC's secret recipe. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> hey, remember when I made that personal news? <laughs> in the episode. You can't just keep trotting that out. <laughs> um, you get, I don't know, let's say you get to use it 25 times a year, I'd say. Okay, that's 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 more than I'd expect from you. I thought you were going to say Not, like, no. Tw- overall, overall though, yeah. with everybody. Okay. So I'll be keeping a list with uh, <laughs> your wife, and I'll call your boss as well, and we'll just anyway. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the history of our m- 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 The the scientist McLean eventually goes on to um, create um, adamantium for the um, for the U.S. government. Excellent. But, um, well, would it be for the US? Yeah, it would. He invents it for the Americans first, yeah. So he doesn't know it, but he's nudging towards adamantium with Captain America's shield. Fantastic. In 1992, Wakanda King T'Chaka visits his brother Unjobu, who is working undercover in Oakland, California. While happy to see his sibling, T'Chaka brings sad news from Wakanda. The South African arms dealer Ulysses Claw stole a quarter ton of vibranium before triggering a bomb during his escape, killing many people. Suspicious of his brother's potential involvement with the deadly heist, T'Chaka orders James, Njobu's partner, to reveal his identity as an undercover Wakandan spy, Zuri, who was ordered to keep watch on Njobu. Finding a sample of vibranium in the flat, T'Chaka's suspicions are further validated and he takes his brother back home to Wakanda for sentencing. So six minutes in this is. We've already got some great world building and twists. Fantastic. You love economy and speed and stories as we've learned in uh, the Avengers episode. <laughs> it can't, when, when it's done at the right pacing without feeling like it's rushed and so much, you know, you, you're very economic with how mm. you say things to just give the right amount. You know, it's like when we when we looked at like Ultimate Spider-Man and how the script was much better that people were saying less to deliver more rather than giving mm. this expositional dialogue. We've got so much here that works so well. I love the 1990s uh, T'Chaka Black Panther <laughs> costume. I think it's better than the one we get in this movie because oh. it's got different colours in it. Yeah, it's a bit more. It's, it's a bit got more gold and yeah. stuff. It's yeah. great. Yeah, and I love that he just appears. We don't. We don't quite know how he appears. He just comes in the flat. He just appears right there. The the Dora the Dora Milaje just just stamp their spears. The lights flicker on and off, and like the Undertaker, yeah. he's suddenly <laughs> in the middle of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to the film. In the present day, following T'Chaka's death, his son T'Challa returns to Wakanda to assume the throne. 
Working with Okoye, leader of the Dora Malaje, Wakanda's all-female special forces unit, T'Challa Johns his powerful Black Panther suit and takes out a human trafficking convoy in Nigeria. Working undercover is Nakia, T'Challa's ex-lover, who claims that T'Challa ruined her mission as Okoye finishes off the last of the job, accusing T'Challa of hesitating. However, the reason for T'Challa intervening in her mission is to extract her for an important event in Wakanda. For tomorrow is the coronation of T'Challa. I love the... Uh, we've discussed how the technology looks, um, how, how, how unique it is. But it's, it, it really is incredible to see it on the screen uh, and, and just be reminded of stuff that doesn't really get paid too much attention to. There's a bit where you see... Uh, they're looking at the convoy in the ship using this sort of three sort of living 3D sort of sort of, sort of models. Yeah. It's not a hologram, it's actual physical. And then he picks up a Jeep, the 3D model of the Jeep that's been generated by this and examines it further. Like it's it's just like instead of instead of a a, a, a dynamic screen, we're actually almost 3D printing an object right in your hand and then it dissolves again when the when the thing finishes. I thought that's a great little little thing. We get a bit of Iron Man doing that, but is, does that come in Endgame then? I, I, when I see Iron Man doing it, it's more holographic. This didn't look holographic. There's actually a physical oh. element to it. Like he actually oh, picked right. up the little Jeep like it was a toy car. And I went, I that see. is a lovely little touch there. Also, hey, get, get, our, get our lovely ladies, Adora Milaje. They are so cool. I cannot, cannot express my fondness for them enough. What, can what, you- do, we, what, do, we, uh, what do we like about them? They're, well, I described it earlier, just full of grace, fierceness. They look yeah. cool as they're doing it. It's just... They move in a very distinct way. It's, it's, like, it's like watching like Kung Fu monks, almost. It's that, yeah, kind, yeah. It's that, that, that kind of fierceness with, sti- with, with sticks, jumping about the place. Oh, God, I love it. Anyway, what can you tell us about them, matey? <laughs> matey. matey. I, every now and again, I slip in a matey. <laughs> Do you ever use Matey used to be a, a, a bath wash used to get in the eighties. I remember wait, I remember sailor, Matey. Sailor Matey. Sailor Matey. Ahoy. Ahoy Matey. Yeah, Ahoy yeah, matey. yeah. That was great. It's like stuff. a little sailor. Anyway. Yeah. Um the Dora Milaje didn't exist in Black Panther stories until the late nineties. They okay. are part of this groundbreaking, brilliant re presentation redefining of the black panther character that was done by christopher priest when he took over the first black writer to write the black panther Mm. um so they're created by christopher priest and mark texiera in 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 1998 with the third volume of the black panther although Mm. uh priest um gives extra credit to um Jimmy Palmiotti and Joe Quesada, mm. who were running Marvel Knights at the time, the imprint under which he worked. They were his like editors. Mm. And he says, actually came from um, Marvel Knights editors Quesada and Palmiotti, who thought it would be great if the Black Panther had female bodyguards. Um, <laughs> nice. And they did in their first appearance. They all appeared mm. in battle armor, perfectly bald heads. With um, They look very, very similar to how they do in this movie. Although perhaps I'm getting, after we had that... that um, great piece by you on the costume designs i'm probably overlooking a lot of nuances that that cut that costume designer kind of talked about um the dora millage share similarities with a a real life historical um group of women um the dohaomi amazons the all-female military regiment of the kingdom of dohaomi 
which was located in West Africa, mm. um, which is now apparently the Republic of Benin. Um, they existed in the 17th century until the 19th century, mm. and they are one of the few documented female armies in modern history. Mm. Um, Western Europeans, when they encountered them, mm. nicknamed them Amazons yeah. due to the the, the, the classic uh, the classic story, and it's thought that basically. Wars and deaths were so bad <laughs> in the 17th century that the um, the country had no choice but to start using female soldiers because there simply weren't enough healthy men of age to fight. <laughs> hey. So they, they they come from a historical um, historical kind of inspiration. Yeah, yeah, it's been done throughout history. I mean, uh, the, the the Russians, uh, the USSR did did a, did a good job in World War II because they used a lot of women soldiers. Mm. Well, they well, probably the only armies to do that at that time. Anyway, back to Black Panther. Arriving back at the city of Wakanda, T'Challa is greeted by his mother, Queen Mother Ramonda, and his younger sister Shuri, a genius engineer. Asking after his mother's following the death of his father, Ramanda tells her son that she is proud and that it is his time to be king. Meanwhile, in a London museum, Black Ops mercenary and former US Navy SEAL Eric Stevens, after claiming to a member of staff that one of the exhibits is Wakandan and contains vibranium, poisons the attendant. However, when the ambulance crew arrives, the paramedics are undercover operatives led by... Ulysses Claw, who execute the rest of the staff before stealing the vibranium artifact from its exhibit. So a few things here. Okay, let's start off with one thing. City of Wakanda is incredible. It manages to blend old and new in such a stunning way, almost like Star Wars. It's just, yeah, just brilliant. I mean, not from a CGI aspect where it's like, oh, there's a lot going on, or oh, it looks no, big. But practically, it, it's pra- <laughs> it just. It's just so good. It's just so stark. I love it. I absolutely- it's integrated so well. Yeah. You're right. It does have that that familiar but alien feel to it. Love it. That's how it should be. Uh, the chemistry between the main characters in these moments are solid. There was a lovely little bit where they meet. You know, he's back in Wakanda, and uh, they're talking about the mission and about. And then uh, <laughs> was it Shuri Asakoy? Did he hesitate? And then she sort of does that squinty little cute smile and goes, "Yes, like a frightened, like a deer, like a frightened deer, or something like that." And he's like, "Damn it, stop that!" And it's lovely to see his bantering. The, the, the- Chemistry between Shuri and T'Challa is fantastic in this movie. Oh, it's just good. And of course, Okoye has 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 her moments as well. She is fierce, but mm. she does have those moments where she's 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 funny too. Uh, the the museum scene, brilliant high scene at the museum. I completely forgot it plays out like that. I've seen this a few times. I always forget it how it plays out. Like, what's the point of doing it the way they did it if they're just going to kill everyone anyway? Because <laughs> it's Ulysses. Like, what's the point of being so like? Oh, we'll we'll poison a person and call an ambulance. And when the ambulance arrives, men will get out and shoot everyone. Like, what? What was the point of break in and shoot everyone? Well, maybe they needed to take everyone out nearby who was uh, guarding the the artifact. I don't know. If anything, if anything, I think Ulysses Claude just wants an excuse to kill a few people because he is. Oof. He, he, I mean, he, Annie Circus plays uh, plays him very well. A cheeky, deadly fella with a self yeah, accent. I'm not entirely sure why I'm not a big Andy Circus fan, but yeah, he's not bad in anything. I just don't. I just don't know. He's a perfectly functional. to him. He's a perfectly functional actor. 
who's usually behind CGI. Get get back behind the CGI, mate. I don't want to see your face so I hear your real voice. I Come want on. you to put your mocap suit on so I don't have to look at your face yeah, anymore. That's right. That's o- right. Also, it was quite funny when I saw this. As, as I mentioned, me and my, my wife saw this film at the cinema and we saw it in Wood Green, uh, a bit of North London. Uh, and we were the only white people in the audience. And when Killmonger started talking about how the British stole stuff from Africa, I just slunk in my seat going, oh boy, this is, <laughs> this is so... Generational so, guilt. Generational guilt. It's like, hope no one turns around and looks at us. This is going to be so embarrassing. <laughs> so, Wakanda, is it as advanced as this in the comic books? Um... Yeah, maybe more. Well, definitely, um, probably more so. Mm. Uh, Wakanda's technology developed entirely uh, mm. independently to that of the rest of the world because mm. they were in isolation. So, Wakandan scientists split the atom a century Ooh. before the rest of the world. No way. Wakandan scientists launched um, yeah. surveillance satellites before Neil Armstrong had set foot on the moon. Um, they had surveillance satellites orbiting the Earth before anyone made it to the Bloody moon. Um, the Wakandans don't use any fossil fuels. They they're entirely green with, you know, uh, solar, hydrogen, mm. geothermal. Um, they their computer technology is so advanced that they have to learn the rest of the worlds. Like their te- their computers are impossible to hack impossible to hack because it's just a, it's not based on anything that's in the rest of the world mm. right um so and most of their most of their tech has vibranium as kind of the basis the core um they have they had um smartphone tech in 1998 oh wow so in the christopher priest black panther series they introduced the kimoyo card mm. Which is an extremely powerful, versatile, like basically smart tablet, um, you know, PDA invented by Wakanda uh, scientists, and it's connected to their satellite network. It's like everyone in Wakanda has this. It's mm. a means of global communication. Um, can access and transmit computer information. Black Panther in 1998 is seen using it to like i mean it's almost like a cross between wikipedia and i don't know he's looking at schematics and blueprints on it he can track people on it mm. it's um incredible they in more recent stories they decided we're gonna go look for the source of vibranium wakanda now has its own galactic empire ah uh? wakanda has oh. colonies in space and space outreach programs and it has claimed and works, and they live on other planets. The Wakandan Space Empire, which no other country on the Marvel planet Earth has. That's incredible. Yeah. I love that. I love that. The morning of T'Challa's coronation ceremony has arrived, and the Black Panther, as part of the ceremony, has his super strength drained away using an ancient root. With T'Challa's strange dialed down to that of a regular person, the other tribes have their chance to challenge T'Challa's tribe for the crown through ritual combat. After all the rivers... So, sorry, after after all... Uh, after all tribes presents, uh, present decline the challenge. Sorry. You know, when you, you, know when you, you know when you write your notes down a bit wrong and you go, what? And, and then you have to stop and go, what was I writing there? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think after all tribes present declined. After, after, I don't know why I wrote rivers. After, after all tribes present declined the challenge, 
the isolated Jabari tribe, led by the fearsome Mbaku, make their entrance and challenge T'Challa for the crown. Accepting the challenge, the two tribal leaders fight fiercely, with Mbaku almost triumphing over T'Challa. But the Black Panther, after being stabbed in the shoulder with a spear, overpowers Mbaku and forces the Jabari leader to yield in a chokelock. Winning the ritual fight, T'Challa is crowned King T'Challa of Wakanda. Let's take a take a quick second to uh, appreciate Winston Duke as Mbaku. Very, very fearsome, but very funny in places too. Great performance here. Yeah, I like Duke. He's great. He's he's great. The only other thing I saw him in was uh, the 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 uh, Jordan Peele film Us. Uh, he was great in that. He played a dad. Very different role, but he's still he he's got good comedy chops. That fella. Also, all the set pieces in this movie just feel spectacular. Like not mm. not only that, but you can see, especially in this scene, why it won an Academy Award for Best Costume Design. D- that's it- the scene where you see all the tribes and all the different designs. For the yes, dif- they haven't just gone. This is what Wakandans look like. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's brilliant. It's it's almost like uh, for for costume design, <laughs> that was the money shot right there. That was the. Mm, yeah. This is this is this is the this is the world building. This is what the costumes being done. It's great. But let's get back to Umbaku, because I love that cheeky fella. He's the character from the original stories, because I saw him in Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes very briefly. He is Umbaku the Man-Ape, one of the oh, earliest indeed. villains um, that uh, Black Panther kind of uh, has and faces, mm. um, depicted as a frequent adversary. Um, he first appears in the Avengers in, in 1969, because that's where Black Panther's stories are told mm. um, in, in the 60s and early 70s. Um, and we learned that Wakanda evolves from like a, a, a hunter-warrior society, um, and it's traditionally ruled by the greatest warrior. Mm. And the Black Panther cult as it's called uh, have dominated the the country and they eventually outlawed a rival cult they had which were the white gorilla cults who were no mm. longer allowed to worship the white gorilla in wakanda um Mbaku of the jabari tribe is one of the greatest wakanda warriors second only to t'challa mm. um and whilst t'challa is away doing stuff in america and across the globe and things with the avengers uh, Mbaku, who's very ambitious, plots to usurp the throne. Mm. So he flouts the king's edict, the well, the ancient edict, um, and revives the white gorilla cult. Ooh. So he hunts and kills the rare, one of the rare white gorillas mm. who live in the jungles near Wakanda. And then he bathes in the gorilla's blood and eats its flesh, Ooh. which mystically, allegedly mystically, conferred the gorilla's great strength onto Mbaku. Mm. It's later revealed that the flesh and the blood of the white gorilla is infused with powerful vibranium properties in the same way that the the um, heart-shaped herb is. And so that's what gives Umbaku his incredible strength and power, mm. and that's what gave it to the ancient um, white gorilla cult's powers as well. Um, he wears the hide of the gorilla. Yes. Um, yeah. He kills, and he travels to America to fight the Black Panther and the Avengers, and does pretty well. Um, he uh, later returns after being presumed dead, and he allies himself with um, a group of supervillains, the Grim Reaper, the Living Laser, Power Man, and the Swordsman, and they become known as the Lethal Legion. Mm-hmm. And they um, 
attack the Avengers, kidnap Black Panther's girlfriend, and he he beats Black Panther in combat a few times, um, but is usually then defeated by another Avenger. Weird way to write the black the only black character on the Avengers at the time, uh, but that's what <laughs> seems to happen. He keeps getting beaten, the white man saves him. He becomes a recurring villain, and and he's you know gone after. He's never. I can't think of any time he's been on Black Panther's side. Really, he mm. was at his wedding. Okay. When T'Challa married Storm from the X-Men. What a power couple. Uh, absolutely. Umbaku is at the wedding. I don't know why. He's multiple times been banished from Wakanda forever. I don't know why he was at the wedding. Um, and he uh, gets into a drunken um, argument with um, Spider-Man. I, uh, that, that, I think with that situation, you just go, oh, good, the wedding turned out better than expected. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I also I love what the Jabari do that sort of gorilla noise as they come in like who? Yeah. I love that because it's very it reminds me of like a hacker or something. It's like yeah, that it does, very yeah. primal sort of noise. It's like we are here, we don't take any guff because I can't swear on this podcast and like yeah, I I love it. It's very empowering. Yeah. Uh back to the film. I love that the Black Panther movie is empowering you. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh oh god that sounds really cringe now doesn't it no yeah, it's good it's fun man it's fine it's, no no it's just it's just like oh these these guys having fun these lads <laughs> these lads these fellas they're having a good time anyway <laughs> later t'challa is given his powers back but as part of the coronation is buried alive and goes on a spirit journey where he communes with his deceased father talking to the spirit of t'chaka T'Challa feels doubt in his role as the new king of Wakanda, but as his father tells him to surround himself with good people, as it's hard for a good man to be king, T'Challa suddenly awakens from the spirit journey. Asking Nakia to stay in Wakanda and rule by his side, T'Challa's ex-lover says her calling is helping others around the world who don't have the benefit of Wakanda's advanced society. After talking with Wakabe, T'Challa's best friend and head of the security for the border tribe, the king of Wakanda receives an urgent call from Okoye about Ulysses Claw's recent activities. The arms dealer has caused a lot of death and destruction to the Wakandans, and T'Challa aims to take the South African alive. The spirit journey bit, maybe it's because of the use of the colour purple, had massive Lion King vibes in terms of like the ethereal nature and the you know all that that purpley color scheme. Mm. It oh, really, cool, yeah. really had that, that 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 vibe to it. It was just love. I I really love the guy who plays uh, T'Chaka. He has that very kindly old man face. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the actor's name now, but I can't. I can't conjure it. I, th- I think. I think. I think we mentioned it earlier, but I'm as you as I've described as I've proven earlier in this episode. I'm, Terrible with names at the moment. But yeah, really really good vibes of that, with that scene. Really loved it. So, can, uh, this, this is getting into the realm of the supernatural now, but can Black Panther speak to the spirits of the dead in the comics? Is this a thing? The, 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 the heart-shaped herb is, is said to give visions. Mm. Um, this seems very... Like, he's very definitely talking to his, his deceased father and getting new information. Mm. And that... that, that so, it, I'm not sure originally. Uh, I think it was probably just visions. That being said, modern stories, T'Challa, full on. Mm. So, in order to prepare T'Challa for a great oncoming disaster, mm. um, T'Challa travels to the city underneath Wakanda. Mm. Underneath Wakanda, there is a whole other underground city. Mm. 
called Necropolis, Ah, which is where all the former Black Panthers are laid to rest. Mm. There T'Challa communes with Bast, the panther god, the centre of the religion for Wakanda, especially those that kind of have the panther tribe. And Bast anoints T'Challa, making him king of the dead, which gives him access to all the knowledge and experience and power of every Black Panther that came before him. So he gets... A little supernatural as time goes on. I, I like that. Re- received uh, knowledge from the dead and your ancestors. Love it. At Shuri's lab, T'Challa's gifted sister outfits the Black Panther with brand new equipment, including a new nanotech suit that grows from a necklace and absorbs kinetic energy. Tracking Claw to Busan, North, uh, South Korea, T'Challa, accompanied by Koye and Nakia, goes undercover inside a hidden casino. Spotting Ulysses Claw's men for Okoye and Nakia, T'Challa bumps into CIA agent Everett K. Ross, who is working undercover to buy back the vibranium artifact from Claw. Both Ross and T'Challa realise that their presences makes the other's mission more complicated. The next moment, Claw arrives with his henchmen and starts the vibranium deal with Everett. The next moment, Okoye's cover is blown and a firefight ensues in the casino. As T'Challa corners Claw, the arms dealer reveals a hidden sonic weapon in his false arm and blasts his way out of the casino, escaping with his convoy. Very well choreographed casino fight here. This felt exactly like something from a Daniel Craig, James Bond movie in the best way oh, yeah. possible. It yeah. really felt, had that, uh, had that vibe to it, loved it. Also, I loved Claw's arm cannon. It felt like something from a Japanese anime. Like, you know, like unfold the arm, doo, you know. Yeah, it's, I'm, I, I, it's a shame it doesn't look more sixties Kirby esque. <laughs> what were you? Um, what, do you what, what would that be like? Claws cannon. It's 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 just completely shiny mm. silver. It ah, has yeah, a yeah, great yeah. big, um, like almost a, a almost like a satellite dish round end, mm. and then a circular blob on top. And it's just it's just a very yeah, 60s sci-fi design. I know, that kind of design makes me think of something from the Fallout games. Chasing after Klaus' convoy, Okoye and Nakia pursue in their vibranium-armoured car, while T'Challa dons his Black Panther suit and uses a device that lets Shuri remote-control a car, relieving T'Challa of driving. As T'Challa deflects the bullets of Klaus' men, the new suit charges with kinetic energy, allowing Black Panther to blast a car off the road with a kinetic blast. After totaling their car, Okoye and Nakia get a lift from Everett, who's also in pursuit. Catching up with Klaus' car, Black Panther destroys the front wheel, taking it off the road. As Klaus crawls from the wreckage and, unsuccessfully, fires a sonic weapon at T'Challa, the King of Wakanda takes the arms dealer prisoner with the help of the CIA. Uh, again, Daniel Denai I'm Akoye is just fantastic in this. I I yeah. love the way she had the wig on as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's just like I hate this. I hate this. Can we? I want this over now. Loved it. Loved the loved the banching between them in this. Um, so what is Black Panther's suit like in the comics? Is it advanced as this? Is Because we spoke about how early designs you had like the jaw and stuff. That was cool. To begin with, no. Black Panther's costume, he, he's just a very skilled man in a black costume. Mm. He, he He's similar to Black Panther. The um, he, He's um, slightly advanced, the, the most peak 
a human can be, mm. and incredibly well trained, and that's it. And his costume is just made of material. You you, you meant to say Daredevil then, didn't you? Because you said Black Panther. What? Oh, never mind. I think you. I think you just said, said Captain he, Captain America. Oh, sorry, Captain America. Didn't he say Captain America? It must have come out. Maybe, sorry. maybe, maybe I didn't. Maybe I said. I don't think I said Daredevil, but maybe, maybe I did. Yeah, it's just yeah, practical. Cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, he's similar to Captain America. Yeah. He's been slightly enhanced mm-hmm. and advanced. Yeah. Um, but not like abnormal. Anyway, so his costume doesn't have any of that. Later writers began adding more bells and whistles to the costume. Mm. And incorporating vibranium into its features. I distinctly remember the first time I read a costume, um, a comic, and it said that Black Panther's claws were vibranium claws. And I went, that makes so much yeah. sense. Why haven't they been doing that since the 60s? Why did it only just occur now in a modern comic? Because vibranium is a major thing to do with the Black Panther, but he's never had any vibranium weapons before. Um so yeah, and then and then um, the other writers have that the entire costume has a vibranium mesh underneath it, so it can absorb attacks and things like that. Um, in in recent years, T'Challa has been very much written as like the combined. He's been written to be like the god level Batman is written in modern DC. Yeah. And he, he he becomes a lot more like modern Iron Man, modern Batman. The character can pretty much do anything, but he has godlike tech. Mm. So there is a version of his suit that can do anything and everything. He has mm. a suit that can fly. It's essentially the Iron Man armor. Mm. He's got a Hulkbuster version of it. He's got this, that, and the other. Um, and yet, to begin with, he's just a guy, like Daredevil, a guy in a material costume. Just a guy who's very skilled... With Claw in custody, Everett questions... Claw. 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 Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Claw in custody, Everett questions the arms dealer as to where Ulysses got his high Because he's got a claw. He hasn't got... Like, a his cl- whole thing is that he's got one arm and his arm is a weird claw thing. But, and but, in comics, his name is... It's it's C... It's, it's K-L-A-W. They don't muck around with it. It's Claw. But, <laughs> but you can see why I'm not getting it. Because... You spelt it clap. Well, is that what its ne- is that what his I, name is like online? Yeah, that's what his name's like online. Ah. Yeah. Well, this 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 uh, iteration, if you will, because apparently things change. Everett questions the arms dealer as to where Ulysses got his high tech sonic arm cannon from. Clark, Clark. Clam. I'm going to call him Clam. 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 Ulysses Clam. Claw claims he got it from Wakanda, which, unbeknownst to the rest of the world, has the most advanced technology and the biggest supply of vibranium. Claw knows Wakanda's secrets. Outside, Eric Stevens, with some of Claw's men, blow a hole in the prison wall and free Ulysses. As Eric escapes, T'Challa notices the ring tied around Stevens' neck. Back in the cell... Black Panther stabilizes a gravely injured Ross and tells the CIA agents to let them take the agent with him back to Wakanda. Now, a few people I spoke to uh, said this. I, I didn't include it in the letters because it was just little uh, comments. I'm I'm not used to hearing Martin Freeman with an American accent. It's I don't I don't like it. I don't no, think it, I don't I don't, like it. It, it sounds like he's doing an accent. It does. It it's not it, good. Uh, it's not awful. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not awful. It's not. It's just noticeable. It's, it's Tim from the Office. Come on. <laughs> and he always does that face, Martin Freeman. He just does. He just does a frown. That's just like his only face. He does. He just frowns at things mildly. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He's he's a very mild actor. 
You know, I, I I don't dislike him, but I don't particularly like him. I think he's very good in Sherlock. Oh yeah, he was fine in Sherlock, but he was more I think like he's, a straight he's, man. He's, he's yeah. pretty. He's really. He's really pretty strong in the Hobbit. I never saw those movies because I thought the idea of turning a children's book into three three-hour movies was a terrible idea. Yeah, it's too much. It's not. It's not enough. It's it's weird. Yeah, that's fair. But anyway, back to Ulysses Clam. <laughs> Ulysses Claw, I mean, uh, is he anything like this in the comic books? Is he? Is he? Is he this bantery? No, he's the son of a Nazi. Ah, uh, oh, for the love of, let me guess, a Nazi made of bees. They, <laughs> they have, a, they did. I think they re- they retconned it. I think maybe probably after these movies came out, that his name was originally Ulysses K L A U E, Clau Clau. That's very Germanic, isn't it? But then he 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 uh, escaped after World War Two to Belgium and anglicised his name to Claw. Um, Just imagine that escaping during World. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant after World War Two, during World yeah, War Two. Yeah, after after World War Two. Usually they go to usually they go to Argentina. I know <laughs> Belgium's a weird place to hide. It's so close. Um, but so his his his, his Nazi father mm. was stationed by Hitler or sent to Hitler by to to Wakanda to learn their secrets and came back filling his son's head with tales of Wakanda. Mm. So he becomes a physicist working in the field of applied sonics mm. uh, in order to continue his design of a sound transducer which converts sound waves into physical mass. Why? Claw steals the metal vibranium to power his device. Mm. Um, it's a substance that's only known to exist in Wakanda. So he steals the uh, random mineral. It comes to conflict with uh, T'Chaka, the, the king and the Black Panther, and he Claw murders him in cold blood. Um, we talked about this a bit more in depth in our Civil War episode. Mm. T'Chaka's adolescent son T'Challa witnesses the uh, the whole event um, and uh, then attacks Claw to avenge his father's death. Claw, Claw's device explodes. He loses his right hand, but he manages to escape. He comes back with a sonic emitter, a sonic gun, mm. um, replacing his right hand. Um, and his device can now create any kind of object or creature he can conceive by only using sound because he can make it solid it's a bit wibbly wobbly yeah Um, it's it's, it's Stan Lee's understanding of science again well well, yeah but the science comes and goes it's that the actual concept of what he does is a bit not very well defined he then creates a device that turns him into a being composed entirely of sound Ah. so he has no. F- he can become solid, mm. but he is not a f- human being anymore. Yeah, um, and he is essentially immortal. <laughs> he goes insane. He's a major part of the first Secret Wars. Um, he he becomes a gibbering idiot at times. He's a weird character. I was about to say because uh, as I've been watching Avengers: Earth Mightiest Heroes, there is an episode where he becomes that big Sonic uh, monster. Uh, it's not. He doesn't become a sonic monster. He, well, he, he, he turns well, red. Yeah, he's red and he's got a weird looking face. But he, he's not like a monster monster. He's I just know. a weird looking dude. But he, and of course, in the cartoon, he is voiced by the very very good Mark Hamill, who I absolutely love when yeah. he pops up. I love it yes, when he pops up. Hamill and, would suit that role. Yeah, he does villains very well. Of course, cackling uh, villains, cackling well. especially of course nineties uh, uh, Joker. Oh, what a, what a voice! Anyway. 
Back in Wakanda, Okoye expresses alarm at taking an Everett as an outsider, seeing how, how advanced Wakanda is could be perilous for the kingdom. After putting Everett under the care of his sister, T'Challa regretfully tells Wakabe that Claw got away. Meanwhile, at an aeroplane graveyard, Stevens turns on Claw and the group, hunting down his former employer and fatally shooting the arms dealer. As Claw lays bleeding to death, telling Stevens that there's no way Eric's plan to bring Claw's body to Requandon Elders can work, Stephen reveals a glowing tattoo on the inside of his lip, signifying him as a Wakandan. So uh, let's let's talk about Everett uh, Everett K. Ross. Uh, obviously, I assume he's a character in the Marvel comics, and uh, is he anything to do with uh, Thunderbolt Ross? No. He's oh, not anything to do with Thunderbolt Ross. Okay. Um, Everett Ross uh, debuts, this is a weird coincidence, in an issue of Kazar. Oh, there's a, there's uh, a name again. Like there. the Vibranium did. Yeah. Um, in the 1990s, um, created, though, by Christopher Priest. Hmm. Um, and Priest liked the character, and so he took him with him uh, when he started his new Black Panther series in 1998, and he essentially makes... Um, Everett K. Ross, the POV character for the audience in the new Black Panther series in 1998. Mm. According to um, Priest, Ross's personality, despite being called Ross, is based on that of Chandler from Friends. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What, is he just sarcastic then? uh, Yeah, yeah, sarcastic and, yeah, kind of jokey. Yeah, yeah. But also a bit of a wimp and... Yeah. Could I be any more of a CIA agent? Uh, Priest <laughs> chooses to bring the character in mm. to become this audience surrogate. Yeah, that sounds about um, right. So he said it, it's he needed someone who saw Black Panther the way that the character had ultimately come to be seen mm. by Marvel and by the fans. Yeah. Just some guy who was routinely overshadowed by heroes in which they were a lot more invested. Mm. So Priest elaborated further saying, comics are traditionally created by white males for white males. Mm. I figured, and I believe rightly, that for Black Panther to succeed, it needed a white male at the centre, and that white male had to give voice to the audience's misgivings or apprehensions or assumptions about this character and this book. Ross needed to be an un-PC to the point of being borderline racist. <laughs> I don't, oh I don't think Ross was racist at all. Mm. I just think that his stream of consciousness narrative mm. is a window into things I imagined many white people say, or at least think when no black people are around. Yeah. Myths about black culture and behavior. I was also introducing a paradigm shift to the way that Black Panther was to be portrayed. Somebody had to give voice to the expectation of a dull and colorless character who always got his butt kicked who was always overshadowed by thor and iron man now the lead character punching out mephisto <laughs> which happens in the in the christopher priest run amazing um, so everett ross is a, is a he works for the u.s state department his job is to escort foreign foreign diplomats on american soil that's mm. it he's not a secret agent he's not a spy he's not a guy with a gun um well i'm sure he has a gun actually because he's meant to probably be a bodyguard to some degree. he, be, he better um, have one but he's but he's a State Department. He's more he's more he's more diplo- diplomacy than anything else. Wow. Um, he's yeah. quite a sad and almost p- 
pathetic figure with a troubled childhood and background. Mm. And then one day his world completely changes forever when he's assigned to um, escort T'Challa. Um, and uh, T'Challa and Everett would face multiple threats to mm. T'Challa. Um, Ross assists him in many, in T'Challa, many of these threats. And in gratitude, the Black Panther, they come become colleagues and, I guess, friends. But the Black Panther will risk a lot for Everett Ross in in return because you know, he's 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 earned it. Um, yeah, that's Everett K. Ross. Everett K. Ross, who uh, will pop up uh, in more films. At the Secret Garden, T'Challa approaches Zuri, now a village elder, about why Stevens was wearing a Wakandan ring during Claw's extraction. After initially refusing to, under the promise of the former king, Zuri reveals that T'Challa's uncle, Unjobi, during an assignment in America, fell in love with an American woman, and they had a child together. Zuri explains that Unjobi planned to share Wakanda's technology with people of African descent around the world to help them conquer their oppressors. As T'Chaka arrested Unjobi, the latter attacked Zuri and forced T'Chaka to kill him. T'Chaka ordered Zuri to lie that Unjobi had disappeared and left behind Unjobi's American song, Unjadaka, to maintain the lie. This boy grew up to be Eric Stevens, who adopted the name Killmonger. Very uh, Shakespearean. Exiled brothers, folly of kings, sort of thing going on. Yeah, yes. lots of um, yeah regal politics get involved. It's it does it well. It does it so well here. I was it was such a great little twist because you saw at the beginning this scene and you think ah it's an open and shut case, open and shut yeah. case, and it's like but it didn't happen that way. And that kid staring at the uh, spacecraft, yeah, that's the bad guy. <laughs> Whoa, love it. Yeah. So Killmonger. Played, of course, by the lovely Michael B. Jordan. What can you tell us about Killmonger from the comics? Anything like this? Sort of, but not really. Or there it is. Eventually. There's the catchphrase. So, uh, Killmonger first appears in, in um, Jungle Action in 1973, the first mm. um, comic that Black Panther has the starring role in. Yeah. And his background is very different. Um, he's a roaming warlord who's going around towns and villages on the outskirts of Wakanda, murdering innocent people, Ooh. burning the uh, houses down in order to draw the Black Panther out to face him mm. in combat. Um, and and the Black Panther does come out to face him, and uh, Killmonger swiftly beats T'Challa and hurls him off the top of a huge waterfall, Oof. which uh, sounds familiar in this yeah, movie, yeah, to yeah. his seeming death. T'Challa doesn't die and he's kind of rescued and, and nursed back to health. His his backstory is briefly Killmonger's backstory is briefly given, but un, he's not in any way related to T'Challa. He's not in any way related to the royal family. Um we find out that during Claw's initial attack on Wakanda, his mercenaries took prisoners from the surrounding villages and enslaved them. Um and uh uh, Killmonger was one of these one of these enslaved people, and after years of hardship, the young man f- flees into the wilderness and ends up somehow rebuilding himself and taking the name Killmonger. Mm. He discovers um, he he he's got no way back into Wakanda. It's because it, Wakanda is completely hidden. You can't just find it. Mm. So when you when you leave, you may never be able to get back into it. 
And so Killmonger eventually sees the Black Panther of the Avengers and goes, "Oh, that's the that's the must be the new king. I recognize Wakandan anywhere." Yeah. And he goes to um he goes to him and he kind of gets somehow learns how to get back to Wakanda and this all starts off. Mm. And that, that's kind of about it. it, it, it you get a very he puts together a small alliance of bad guys who hate the Black Panther, mm. including uh, a guy called Venom with uh, two M's, two M's, different Venom. Yes, he's all to do with snakes and poison, um, and he keeps trying to kill him. He he has him attacked by a, a leopard um, and a giant ape and stuff, and take the throne. But within ten issues or so, Killmonger is killed off, mm. and that's it. Like. He's not. He's not like Manape, who becomes a recurring character. Mm. Didn't have any powers. Nothing like that. Not like. Not like Claw. He's just. Um, yeah. He. 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 He was a a warlord. But then he'd return in a major way during this Christopher Priest run on the Black Panther in the late nineties, um, and that's what really kind of. Influence and inspires this movie. Mm. In the wake of this movie coming out and Killmonger becoming a very popular character, Marvel Comics released some some new stories that presented a vastly different background for the character to flesh out his past. Mm. Um, so we see more of his time when he's been um, enslaved by the people that murdered his family. He's younger when this when he now, he's now he's now a kid when he's captured and enslaved mm. like he is in the um like he's a child in in this movie when bad things happen to him um the people that murder his family enslave him and he has to um go work for them he's very very intellectually gifted from an early age mm. and he's forced to use that intellect to build things for his captors yeah um eventually he he executes the people that killed his his fat his father that's a big thing mm. they killed his dad he executes them he escapes um and he starts his own path. He changes name to Killmonger and then goes to university. <laughs> um, he goes to MIT and, 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 and learns a lot there. He studies in Harlem and he has a series mm. of encounters with Wilson Fisk and Bullseye. He, me- he, he meets T'Challa mm. and that's how he gets back into Wakanda. Okay. And then he lives there for a bit, learning about the king mm. and the country that he's never really been able to experience as an adult, mm. but the whole time blaming them from his terrible life and yeah. plotting his revenge. And then he starts murdering a whole bunch of innocent Wakandans. Um, he puts together this plot to seize power. It's mm. to He's building a vibranium explosive device. Ooh. And when a scheduled shield envoy is about to, is going to visit Wakanda, mm. he's going to detonate this vibranium explosive on board the helicarrier and start a war between Wakanda and America Oof. that would let him overthrow mm. T'Challa. His, his plans are exposed by Shuri and he's left for dead and he vanishes. Just like that. And that's then, well, he, he you know, they think he's dead and yeah. he, we don't hear any more of him. And then, so that this is all a flash, this is all his prehistory mm. that leads up to his first appearance in the 70s in jungle action if that makes sense they don't remove that from the history marvel yeah. very very rarely do they remove things they go here's a whole bunch of backstory you didn't have that mm. explains kind of who he is yeah then there's his stuff in the 70s and then there's his stuff in the 90s so yeah excellent 
At the Wakandan border, Killmonger presents Wakabi and his men, the corpse of Ulysses Claw, as a gift. Waking up in Shiri's lab, Everett is astonished to see such advanced technology in what was supposed to be a third world nation, not to mention his bullet wound healing in a day. Noticing the efficiency of the maglev trains, Shuri explains how the raw vibranium, which is all around them, can only be transported at high speed with sonic dampeners, which she invented. She also used vibranium to heal Everett. Shuri then gets a call from Okoye, saying that an unknown man has brought in the body of Ulysses Claw. Seeing the picture of Killmonger, Everett says, he's not a Wakandan, he's one of ours. Shuri referring to Everett as a broken white boy and a colonizer just made me giggle. Very funny. Yeah, very I fun. agree. <laughs> Another very, broken very white boy for me to fix. Great. <laughs> we interrupt this program to shame you. Shame. Uh, you're enjoying all sorts of Marvel history and trivia and context. Hours and hours that we've poured in to this Black Panther episode to you. You've been enjoying it for the Daredevil and all the other wonderful things we brought you this year. Where's our cut? Mm. Where's our thanks? Where's our cold hard cheddar cash? Shame on you for being Shame the people that don't support this podcast on patreon.com slash Marvel versus Marvel. It's where the cool kids are, it's where our great community is. We are not a big company, are we, Will? No, no, no. It's just you and me, man and boy. We don't get any paychecks. We don't get any paychecks coming down. We only uh, exist because of the community on Patreon. Mm. Um, we don't subject you to adverts for all sorts of bizarre things like um, people that do your shopping for you and post it in a little box every day. And it costs so much more than going doing the shopping yourself. And they say, hello, it's fresh. We don't subject you to that nonsense. We don't subject you to uh, adverts for mattresses and, and, and erections that you shouldn't be listening to. Um, we do it all from the goodness of our hearts, and mm. then we shame you for not giving us any money. Um, Patreon.com slash Marvel versus Marvel. It's where you can support us for just the price of a cup of coffee a month. The most entry-level tier three british english brexit pounds and for that you'll get access to every single monthly edition of obscure marvel plus a bunch of other mini shows back there um and uh, you'll know that you're supporting two lads doing this for themselves doing it for you without any support from anywhere else doing it better than any other marvel podcast out there without that support this whole show could go away it takes Days of work for me and Will, blood, sweat and tears, to create these episodes. We write it, we research it, we record it, we edit it all ourselves. Um, and we need that support to keep going. This month, uh, Obscure Marvel brought you Jack Frost and the story of Iron Man's rocket-powered skates. <laughs> Not this ro again. Roller skating along. No. Um, and also, the, the first scene you've seen where Iron Man plugs himself into the wall, into the mains. <laughs> To, oh, to charge his heart. Oh, yeah. and he forgets that he's got a heart problem and becomes a racing car driver. Obscure Marvel. <laughs> Obscure Marvel is the huge laugh each and every uh, each and every month as we dive into the most ridiculous aspects of the Marvel universe. And then we put that, and that's yours for just for just a cup of coffee. Yeah, like man. it's not even buying me and Will a drink. It's yep. buying one of us a drink. Me or Will. You buy one <laughs> of us a drink a month. You won't even notice it. But we're going to put the ridiculousness to one side, Will. Oh, yeah. 
because each and every month, as well as Obscure Marvel, we do some big business, right? Big business. Big business. And we bring you a full-length bonus episode. Last month in February, it was the Kang Dynasty. Ooh, we yes. decided not to wait until 2025, didn't we? Nope, nope, nope. We need to do it right now. And I know that you came out of that. I mean, it, it prepared you massively for going mm. to see Quantumania. Oh, absolutely. It gave me a bit more context on things, and I spotted a few Easter eggs. Mm. Little nods, little cheeky nods in Quantum Mania. As- uh, yeah. yeah, especially that, that, that end credit thing at the very end. I yeah, I spotted that, but yeah. I compl- then I completely forgot the key thing about it until we went <laughs> through it and I felt like a ruddy idiot. But, but uh, yeah. man, Kang Dynasty, a huge global war where Kang f- wages a physical war on the earth in the twentieth twentieth century, twenty first century for the very, very first time. The Avengers are but they're battling on all fronts, aren't they, Will? The Avengers mm. are split. There's a hell of a lot going on. Yeah. Um it's a it's a great story. It's a big story. An incredible Kang story ends in this very bittersweet way as well. Oh, I'm trying to think which way. You mean the very end? The very end with Kang and his son. Anyway, we can't oh, go into it. Oh, I all, remember. Yeah. It's all Ooh, available. Patreon.com slash Marvel versus Marvel. And this month in March, we're bringing you a full-length bonus episode entitled Wakanda Doom War. This is maybe the biggest Black Panther story of all time, packed with incredible moments. The politics of the Marvel Universe is upended as Doctor Doom invades the nation of Wakanda, a nation that has never been conquered, colonized, or successfully invaded. It's going to take more than one Black Panther to fight this war as Doctor Doom gets hold of the secrets and the powers of Wakanda. A huge story that features the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. You don't want to miss this one. March on Patreon with Marvel vs. Marvel. Sign up at that that Patreon bonus episode tier. You get access to over 30 full-length bonus episodes. I'm talking the Kang Dynasty that we talked about. The Thanos Imperative. Maximum Carnage. Marvel Zombies, that's one of Will's favourites. Oh, um, God, that was fantastic. The different universes and all yeah. that. Young Avengers, Spider-Verse. We do the full Spider-Verse. We yep. do the full Civil War. A two-hour episode. Justice League versus the Avengers. You will never see that in a TV show or a movie. You can only experience it. And you can't even get it in reprints anymore. You can yeah. only experience that, really, um, with uh, patreon.com slash Marvel versus Marvel. You can get early access. You can do all sorts of cool stuff. But really, you're supporting the show. Head to patreon.com slash Marvel versus Marvel. And don't forget... Our live show <laughs> is very, very soon, the 25th of March, the Arena Theatre in Wolverhampton. Are you excited about it, Will? I'm very excited about it. I, I, I remember how nervous I was before doing our, our, our previous show, but that, to be fair, I was also doing my solo show as well yeah, on that yeah. same weekend. But this, I'm, I'm less nervous. I'm more confident. I've, and we won an award for that, so who we knows won an what we'll award. achieve. Best live podcast at the Leicester Comedy Festival last year. We're resurrecting it, bringing it back to the Arena Theatre in Wolverhampton, 25th of March. Diving into What If, the Marvel Multiverse, Agent Carter, and Captain Britain. Um, come and say hi as well. Get your tickets. They're just £5, and you can come do a meet and greet with me and Will. Um, we're not that lofty. 
I'm not sure <laughs> meet and greet is really the term, but we'll be around and we're going to meet everyone that wants to meet us. We can take photos. We're just going to chat and hang out. We've got a great arrangement with the Arena Theatre. Mm. Um, so that's going to be really, really fun, really cool. We're looking forward to seeing so many people. We've already got um, some people messages to let us know they're going to come down. That's going to be very, very cool. You can get your tickets by um, going to the URL in the show notes of this episode. You can just click the expand button and see all the all the details of this, all the further info of this episode. And the URL is there for you to copy and paste. Or you can find it on Twitter. We are at Marvelverses, and our pinned tweet is a link to the show. It's the 25th of March, the Arena Theatre in Wolverhampton, Marvel vs. Marvel, the live podcast. It is all kicking off in Wakanda, Will. Take it away. Talking with Nakia about what he's learned about his father, T'Challa laments about his father's decision to kill his own brother and leave his nephew behind, asking what kind of king would do that? But Nakia tells the king he can't let his father's mistakes define who T'Challa is. In the next second, a call from Shuri interrupts them and tells T'Challa to get to the lab immediately. At the lab, Everett explains Killmonger's history in the military and how much of a ruthless killer he is. Meeting with the Wakandan elders, T'Challa summons Killmonger to his throne room. Killmonger claims that he's bringing justice to the Wakandan people, but T'Challa knows who he really is and asks what he wants. That the, the dialogue in that is so yeah. is so um, aggressive, yeah, and braggadocious and insulting. I'm in your house bringing uh, justice to someone who attacked your people yeah. when you couldn't do it. It's a complete. You're not the alpha, I am. It's a massive power move. And he has the swagger to pull it off in this mm. Michael B. Michael B. Jordan. Sorry. Killmonger claims that he's bringing justice to the Wakandan people, but T'Challa knows who he really is and asks what he wants. The elders laugh at Killmonger when he responds to T'Challa's question with the throne. The next moment, Killmonger starts yelling at T'Challa in fluent Wakanda, Wakandan, revealing himself to be... Unjitakada, sorry, Unjitaka, desiring power, Killmonger challenges T'Challa to the throne in ritual combat. Let's just say about Michael B. Jordan absolutely storming this role, absolutely storming it. He's come a long way since playing Wallace from The Wire, mm, and he was good yeah. then too. I mean, he was a skinny little boy then. The most heartbreaking death scene ever. Oh, I'm in one of those. Uh, I mean, you know, you know me and my meme groups. I'm in one for the wire, and anytime they reference that, they're just like, oh. And even the podcast I'm currently listening to that's going through the wire rewatch. They every now and again they'll reference Wallace and say it was just too, too sad, brutal. too sad, yeah, very brutal death. If you haven't seen the wire, you've got to watch it. One of the best TV shows ever made. Anyway. At the ritual combat, T'Challa tells Killmonger that there is still a chance to walk away from the fight and deal with the situation another way. But Killmonger tells the king that he's been planning to kill him for years. The fight commences and it looks like the two Wakandans are fairly matched, each landing vicious blows against the other. But Killmonger manages to thrust a spear into T'Challa's belly. Before Killmonger can execute a killing blow, Juri deflects Killmonger's blade and confesses to the young Wakandan that he 
was the cause of his father's death and demands that Killmonger take his life instead of T'Challa's. Without hesitation, Killmonger says he'll take both before killing Zuri. As the elderly Wakandan succumbs to his wounds, Killmonger humiliates T'Challa in front of the tribes before throwing Black Panther off the cliff and into the waters below. Killmonger is now the king of Wakanda. What a scene. Mm. What a even I mean, I've watched this a few times, but even on this time, it still hits hard. It's intense. It's, it's an intense scene. It's a big twist. It's the it's the toppling of power. It's the bad guy winning. It's brilliant. It's just so good. So the bit good. where he calls Zuri Uncle James as he kills him. Yeah. And you go, Oh yeah. He was a kid and this guy was like his dad's best friend. Yeah. It's He's 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 just merciless, absolutely merciless. So, has anything like that happened in the comics? Has Killmonger ever faced T'Challa in ritual combat? Well, we said that he kind of had this just this almost like a one-off story in mm. in the nineteen seventies. But then Christopher Priest, when he does this redefining series on Black Panther that really retools and re re invigorates the character mm. he brings killmonger back he identified that killmonger is a very cool character mm. um and he returns following an international scandal um involving the economy and misuse mm. funds and and t'challa is very distracted lured away from wakanda mm. and loses his throne in a confusing coup d'etat that we can't go all into but kill killmonger emerges and returns during all this chaos and mm. uses a series of economic events to mm. almost cripple the Wakandan economy. And that forces T'Challa to do some very big things. He has to nationalize industries, companies, businesses, take drastic like financial action. Um, and it destabilizes um, the country. Um, and this all builds to Killmonger challenging for the throne in ritual combat um they fight this vicious battle over the right to rule the country and killmonger beats him there's no like trickery nope. there's nothing underhand about it he beats t'challa becomes the king and becomes black panther um and yet he, he maintains control of wakanda for a while during the story mm. and he even attempts to join the avengers as the new Black Panther. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been an interesting thing to see in, in the MCU? Michael B. Jordan, the Ooh. new Black Panther, maybe a, a movie where he's trying to, I don't know, get into the Avengers and they don't trust him. Yeah, people were writing the mailbag. It is a shame. It's a shame they killed him off because I would have liked to have seen more uh, more of him in this. Did What did the Avengers say out of interest when they asked to join? Were they like, no, mate. Essentially, yeah. Essentially, nah, mate. On your bike. It's not that it was. It was admission to the Avengers is not um, passed down. It's mm. not. It's not like conferred onto the mantle of the Black Panther. It mm. was T'Challa, the man who earned his place with us. Yep. There we go. That evening, Nakia tries to convince Okoye to move against Killmonger. But as he is now the new king, Okoye can't, as she is loyal to the customs of Wakanda. Nakia knows that nothing good can come from Killmonger, taking the throne, and escapes in the night with Everett Ross. In the jungles of Wakanda, they meet with Ramonda and Shuri, unsure about the future of their company as they escape. So, country as they escape. 
Meanwhile, Killmonger ingests the heart-shaped herb as per the coronation ritual and goes on a similar spirit journey that T'Challa took. In the old Oakland apartment he grew up in, a young Killmonger finds his father's book about Wakanda before his father catches him, but lovingly tells him what a beautiful country it is. After the ceremony, Killmonger arrogantly orders, arrogantly orders for the entire crop of heart-shaped herb to be incinerated. So this was qu- quite a horrific move. He, yeah, it ensures there will be no... He, he's making sure he's the only powerful person in Wakanda. Exactly. There will be no one else to challenge him. Uh, and, and it reverberates indeed into the sequel. It's a, it's, it's a shocking move. But what can you tell us about the heart-shaped herb? In the comic books, Killmonger takes the heart-shaped herb and it does not work. And in he, fact, he slips into a coma. It poisons oh. him. Is he so not heart, worthy or something, or is it like that? The heart-shaped herb is mm. a, a plant that only grows in Wakanda. Um, it, it, the legends say it is a gift from the panther god, mm. but of course we kind of know in the comics that in reality that the plant has been mutated by the giant meteorite of vibranium that, mm. that hit the region um, many, 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 many years ago. If you ingest the herb, it is essentially akin to the super soldier serum Mm. it increases all your physical abilities endurance durability strength speed agility Mm. even your healing as well and the the senses are enhanced um it's said that the black panther can see in almost total darkness he Mm. can track sense and hear an enemy's heartbeat so he has kind of daredevil not quite but near Mm. daredevil levels of heightened senses um to become the black panther the chieftains of Wakanda, sorry, to become the Black Panther and the chieftain of Wakanda, mm. a warrior has to um, defeat the current Black Panther, mm. fight six of Wakanda's greatest warriors at the same time from Ooh. each different tribe, and and after that they have to um, ingest the 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 heart shaped herb. Mm. Or have sometimes it's having the juices rubbed on the body for some reason, mm. um, and it is said that anybody not worthy or of noble blood will not survive the process. But it doesn't uh. necessarily that doesn't refer to the herb that refers to the process in general. But in the nineties, when Killmonger ingests the heart shaped herb, it poisons him because mm. he is not. It is said it's because he's not of royal blood and he is not worthy. It. It's mm. it rejects him. Wakanda rejects him. It's this big moment that mm. is essentially it says might does not equal right. Yeah, there is nobility involved in this. Um, so he slips into a coma, and um, T'Challa is faced with a decision. If he lets Killmonger die, mm. he will um, in- indurably become the Black Panther again. Mm. And the king again, but he doesn't feel it's a noble way yeah. to go about doing things. So he does actually come up with a cure to save the um, the Black Panther. It's to save Killmonger's life. Sorry. Yeah. Killmonger. And then later on, Killmonger um, in, in in priest run, Killmonger emerges from this coma, mm. and he would eventually um, use his genius intellect to invent a synthetic to the heart shaped herb, a synthetic version of it <laughs> that could be ingested by him or anyone, regardless of their DNA. Ah, very, very, very clever. 
As his first formal act as king, Killmonger declares that Wakanda make itself known to the world before arming oppressed people around the world with vibranium weapons in order to rise up and take down those in power. Killmonger declares that the sun will never set on the Wakandan Empire. But despite process from Okoye, Wakabi sides with Killmonger instead of his wife and says that the world is changing and Wakanda needs to step up. Does Killmonger do anything like this in the comics? Does he want to open Wakanda up to the world, upright, launch an uprising and do all this malarkey? Well, in in the in that time when he wants to plant the fight, in the in the later kind of um, telling of his history, mm. he does want to plant this vibranium bomb and start a war mm. that would end with Wakanda's committing genocide. Um, in I think in the original in the original story, it's the opposite. Mm. What he wants to do is um, close borders, mm. get rid of the vibranium. And return Wakanda to a less uh, advanced time, oh, to wow. be a simpler time. Now, if you remember that Man Ape story arc in Earth's Mightiest Heroes, that's mm. pretty much what Man Ape wants to do. On Baku, uh. he's selling off all the vibranium to Claw, getting yeah. rid of it, yeah. and he wants to get it out of Wakanda, get the tech and the sci fi stuff out of Wakanda, mm. and go back to what he sees as the, a, a, a country he can rule. Is is a less advanced science fictiony world. It's like tribes and fighting and might makes right, and that's what we want to get back to. So I, I guess they took that from 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 that kind of um, inspiration. That makes sense. In the snowy mountains of Wakanda, Nakia, Ramonda, Shuri, and Everett travel to the Jabari tribe for aid. On a mountain pass, they are ambushed by Jabari and taken to their leader Mbaku. Before the Jabari leader, the exiled Wakandans beg for help and offer the last heart-shaped herb. Realising how serious things are, Umbaku takes the group to a cave where the comatose T'Challa lies after they found his body upriver. Performing the herb ritual on T'Challa, the Black Panther goes on another spirit journey where he sees his father again. Asking why he left Killmonger in Oakland as a child, T'Chaka admits that he did it to preserve his legacy, but T'Challa shouts back at him, telling the former king that it was wrong. Killmonger is a monster of their own making, and T'Challa needs to regain the throne. Love when they started grunting aggressively at Everett and then threatening to feed him to their children, but then go, nah, it's okay, we're vegetarians, before <laughs> giggling. Yeah. That was just such a nice little, nice little aside, and then he just gives these other bits, he's like... There's a dramatic moment, and that's punctuated by yawning, going, How are you going? No, I mean, are you done? Are you done? He's, like, so impatient and had enough of it. He's great, yeah. <laughs> As T'Challa plans with his family and Nakia about what his next step will be, Everett offers his help. After a rude interruption from Umbaku, they talk privately. Acknowledging that he owes T'Challa, Umbaku agrees to shelter Ramona but is hesitant to put his army behind T'Challa to take down Killmonger. At the Vibranium Mine, the export of Vibranium weapons around the world has just started. As one of the flying transport ships flies off, it's shot down by Black Panther, much to the shock and relief of everyone. Meanwhile, Nakia, Shuri and Ross sneak into Shuri's lab, 
Still on Killmonger's side, Wakabi leads his men against Black Panther, while Okoye orders the Dora Milaje against Killmonger, who reveals his own Black Panther suit. Black Panther breaks through the Wakabi's defences and fights Wakabi himself, begging him to stop this madness. But his former friend sounds the horn, summoning a small herd of armoured rhinos. I think, as I said, any scene involving the Dora Milaje fighting outstanding, fierce and acrobatic does not let down in this. Very, I, I don't care what people say. Very strong third act, this film. Very strong. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. It's good. Absolutely. So, Wakabi, uh, played by... Uh, what's his name from Get Out? It's the same same guy, isn't it? I can't think of the name. Okay. I feel bad. But yeah, he's he's great. He's I, I really loved him in this. Uh he he is he is he an old uh, is he from the comic is he a comic book character or just inve- invented for the movie? Well, Kirby's one of uh, Black Panther's earliest allies. Ooh. Um he uh, is a soldier and he eventually becomes Wakanda's chief of security. Um, he's a staunch believer in Wakandan values, mm. um, which makes him a loyal friend, but it puts him in a conflict with any of uh, T'Challa's foreign associates, particularly Everett <laughs> K. Ross. There we go. Um, after, what, after Killmonger's um, nasty invasion... Um, that happens during the 90s, mm. he gets his arm uh, blown off and destroyed in, 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 in that fight, in that battle with, with Killmonger. Um, and it's replaced by a robotic replica. So he has this cyborg arm for a, for a time mm. period. He doesn't turn on T'Challa like he does here. Um, he is... Uh, him and Zuri are both killed when... So do you remember... Our Spider Verse bonus episode, yeah, some of it, and how it's all predilected around this um, powerful vampiric creature called Morlin, Rings who eats um, people with animal totems. That was it. You had the spider totem because I saw your post today. He comes. <laughs> he comes after the um, the the panther totem and mm. tries to kill the Black Panther. Um, and Wakabi and Zuri try to protect T'Challa, and they both get um, horribly killed by oh. Morlin. Um, so, yeah, that's that's Wakabi. Oh, dear. In Shiri's lab, Shiri provides Ross with remote controls for a Wakandan aircraft and equipment for Nakia before leaving. Outside the lab, Nakia dons a Dore Milaje uniform, while Shiri uses her tech to fight off Wakabi's men. Using a remote-controlled jet, Ross, a former United States Air Force pilot, is told by Shiri to shoot down the craft carrying the vibranium weapons. As the battle outside the vibranium mine rages on, Ross slowly takes down the transport craft, but Killmonger has turned his sights on Nakia and Shuri. Taking down Nakia, Killmonger turns on Shuri, who uses sonic weapons to almost disable Killmonger's suit, but is unsuccessful. Nearby, Black Panther sees that Shuri is in danger and makes a beeline straight for her. Just before Killmonger can attack Shuri, Black Panther tackles Killmonger, sending them both plummeting down the vibranium mineshaft. Fights, redemptions, armoured rhinos, this third act has it all. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is such a good third act. I love the idea of having armoured rhinos as part of your army. I don't, they, they, people say, like, oh, the CGI looks a bit ropey. I'm like... Uh, no, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's like they're rhinos. They're, you, you, yeah, 
it's, it, it works. It was entertaining to see. It was funny. Uh, what can you tell us about Nakia? Uh, she's very badass in this movie, isn't she? Oh, yeah. She, and and, and, the, and the sequel as well, she mm. is introduced, uh, created by Christopher Priest and Mark Tisseri as part of that incredible, um, that, that, that thing we keep talking about, the Black Panther series in 1988, 1998. Um, now, the Dora Milaje have their traditional roots in being the king's wives in waiting. Ah, okay. Although in modern times it's said... They're very much a military bodyguard force. Mm. Nakia is like barely a teenager when she joins the Dora Milaje, and she's instantly head over heels smitten by with with King T'Challa. Mm. And although he is explicit with them all that their role will be purely ceremonial and 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 uh, military, um, she can't help herself, but she completely falls for him. Um, she becomes mm. close friends with uh, Akoya as well, who's who. She has no, she has no interest in being a wife in waiting. She's like bodyguard, fighting, yeah. Um, now Nakia's obsession, her infatuation with King T'Challa is increased dramatically when Mephisto gets involved, the the devil who wants T'Challa's soul, casts an illusion over T'Challa that causes him to lose his head and kiss Nakia. Um, and that sends her infatuation that inflames it um, and she becomes then incredibly jealous of T'Challa's American girl on again off again girlfriend Monica Lynn mm. and Nakia loses her mind sort of and basically plots to kill Monica and get her out of the way mm. T'Challa stops her, rescues Monica and banishes Nakia um, from Wakanda um, which is a you know great and shameful thing. Uh, her family want nothing more to do with her. She ends up being captured by an insane reverend mm. who is plotting to take over Wakanda, pl- planning a coup d'état, and he captures her and he tortures Nakia until she's rescued by Killmonger. Mm. At this point, her mind has snapped. Ooh. The torture... The infatuation with with um, T'Challa, the um, plotting to kill someone, being banished, being tortured, being rescued by Black Panther's biggest enemy. So Killmonger uses this something called the Altar of Resurrection, and and it uses uses it to give her, bring her back to health, and give her enhanced abilities. She then has a superhuman level of strength and speed, and she takes on the name Malice. And sets out with an agenda. She is not... I mean, she becomes a full-on villain obsessed with T'Challa. Ongoing, recurring villain. um, And she's constantly targeting any of T'Challa's love interests and female allies. So, Mm. yeah. Very different. Very, very different. Landing on a vibranium mine rail track. Black Panther fights Killmonger. Realising that the sonic dampeners Shuri installed will disable both of their suits, T'Challa orders Shuri to turn on the train on the track they're on. As the train rushes past, the sonic dampeners activate, disabling both T'Challa and Killmonger's suits as the two threaten each other. Back on the surface, Ross is under attack from another ship, but also under attack in the lab at the same time from another ship. A Wakandan ship is firing at the armoured glass protecting Ross. Knowing he hasn't got much time, 
Ross decides to stay in the remote chair and finish his mission, even if he perishes. So we're seeing vibranium weapons being exported from Wakanda here in these, these futuristic crafts. Are there any examples of vibranium weapons in the original stories? You identified Captain America's shield. Yeah. Um, we know that Claw's um, sonic blaster is made from vibranium in the comics. Yep. We've got two um, there. We've met Echo in Hawkeye. Ah, um, yes. Maya, Maya Lopez. Hmm. Um, she she fights with the bow staff. When the bow staff gets destroyed and broken, destroyed, it's a bow staff, um, uh. she, she gets it replaced with a vibranium staff that will not break. There we go. Um, there's uh, a member of the X-Men and X-Force called Warpath, who hmm. is an indigenous American, Native American um, character. And Storm, when she is the Black Panther's wife and queen she gifts warpath with two vibranium daggers Ooh. um ha- well yeah hawkeye's got vibranium but he's got antarctic vibranium it's a different the breed of vibranium anti-metal Ooh. which he uses when he it, that can dissolve any metal so if he's up against <laughs> ultron he fires off one of those anti-metal vibranium mm. arrows and dissolves that but perhaps the biggest, the most badass, is during the Doom War story arc that we're looking at this month on Patreon. Mm. Doctor Doom manages to steal a reserve of vibranium. And he discovers that vibranium doesn't just absorb, reflect, and enhance like physical energy, but it does heighten mystic energy as well oh wow so dr doom builds a suit of vibranium armor (laughs) after studying vibranium he uses it to enhance his own dark magic as well as his own scientific weapons and makes he becomes the most powerful he has ever been um and he sets off to invade wakanda in his vibranium arm uh, armor with a legion of robots made out of vibranium doom bots <laughs> leading to all out war between latveria his nation and wakanda as he seeks to get his hands on every single drop of vibranium on the planet and we're gonna deep dive this story wakanda doom war this month on patreon.com slash marvel versus marvel it's dr doom versus the black panther can't bloody wait for that the battle outside the mine rages on as wakabi's men close in on the dora malaje but before the team can surrender the jabari tribe makes a surprise attack and join alongside the dora malaje as ross's ship is restrained by two enemy craft Shuri gives him the command to overload the engines, untethering the craft, but momentarily stopping the engines. Now flying functional again, Ross takes down the last craft before escaping the lab, but on the surface, sorry, back on the surface, Wakabi fight rides a uh, rampaging rhino through the battle, but as soon as he approaches Okoye, he stops the animal dead in its tracks and dismounts. Approaching his wife, he asks, Would you kill me, my love? To which Okoye replies, for Wakanda, without question. My favourite, maybe my favourite oh. in the movie. 
absolutely loved that moment. I, so good. I had a little tear in my eye when she did that. It's after a while. so, it was, so good. It was that little smile and it's like up with the spear. Oh, she's wonderful. Seeing the chaos his people have wrought in support of Killmonger, Wakabi relinquishes his weapon and surrenders. Surprising amount of stuff in this battle. I mean, that redemption was just perfect. Yeah. It was... It wasn't over-emotional. It was that kind of hanging head in shame in front of a loved one. Yeah. <laughs> going, yeah, I've, I've screwed up. <laughs> you're, sleeping on the, you're sleeping on the sofa tonight, mate. <laughs> you're sleeping on the sofa next to the rhino. Uh, <laughs> anyway. In the vibranium mine, T'Challa finally overpowers Killmonger and stabs him in the stomach. Knowing that he's dying, Killmonger gets sentimental remembers how his father would talk about showing him the beauty of Wakanda one day. Taking a lift to the top of a cliff overlooking Wakanda in the sunset, T'Challa shows him the beauty that Killmonger's father told of. However, Killmonger refuses to be healed, choosing to die a free man rather than be alive and incarcerated. Incredible final moment for that character. Just amazing. So good. So good. Bringing out historical reference in there, bringing up a lot of emotion, mm. and then going, nope, it's on my own terms. Yeah. So does Killmonger die in the comics? He's been presumed dead several times, but then we mm. see him die for real. Um, so at one stage, he is he gets backed, he gets backing from the American government as they're trying to establish a beachhead <laughs> in Wakanda, right? So he, he's, he's essentially propped up and used as this uh, champion mm. against many wannabe despots that want to um, conquer uh, a region called Naganda, um, which is near Wakanda. Mm. Um, all while the White House basically are propping him up as this kind of like hometown hero and mm. they're getting their ducks in line outside Wakanda and they're hoping they can install Killmonger as their like banana puppet, you know, leader and do business with America. However, Killmonger proves to either be completely insane <laughs> or at, at least from the US perspective, uncontrollable asset i i love so, when that happens with villains it's like oh he seems to be unstoppable oh but one of his downfalls is he's quite mad yeah yeah um <laughs> the uh, america realized their mistake and they decide to uh, as he starts when because he invades wakanda um this is where um uh the the guy loses the arm is earlier uh Wakabi loses his arm um they, they realise their mistake, and they send in one of their super agents, Monica Rambeau. Ah. Who we know from WandaVision and should mm. be in the Marvels. She's um, the black Captain Marvel. Um, Monica Rambeau uh, goes in to stop him, but ends up getting beaten and captured. Um, and I believe he starts with an experiment on her as well. Um, eventually, T'Challa and the Dora Milaje, um mount their big assault on mm. Killmonger. The Black Panther fights him in single combat, but once again, Killmonger is about to beat T'Challa. T'Challa just cannot get the, <laughs> get the duke on this guy. Um, Killmonger is about to beat T'Challa again and maybe even kill him. Uh, and that's when the, the Dora Milaje have freed Monica Rambeau. 
she flies through Killmonger's chest at light speed. Ooh. Ripping him apart. No. Right in front of Killmonger's horrified son. <laughs> <laughs> so Killmonger ripped apart by Malika Rambo, drops down dead. Killmonger's son stares at T'Challa. T'Challa stares at the sun and he realises, oh God, it's going to happen all over again. Yeah. Because the sun blames T'Challa for his father's death and was, once again swears vengeance. I was just about to say the cycle starting again. Whoa, God, that's perfect. As peace returns to Wakanda, T'Challa retakes the throne. He tries to convince Nakia to stay, but as the two kiss, his ex-lover's nose... She is needed elsewhere. At the apartment block where Unjabu was based, T'Challa shows Shuri the new site of the Wakanda National Outreach Center, knowing that Wakanda can do a lot of good outside of its borders. Later, T'Challa appears before the United Nations to reveal Wakanda's true nature to the world. Back in Wakanda, Shuri helps Bucky Barnes with his recovery. I have to say, there were a lot of tears watching this again. Like, the intensity of the battle, then the regret, the emotions going on. It brought up a lot of tears. It was very... You could really... Yeah. But I think that Okoye at one moment, you know, screams in anguish during battle and immediately fights. And there's a lot of... Oh, you, you, you just feel the anguish so much in this yeah. film. It's so good. I think I, I love the resolution in that. For all this talk, you get people online saying, "Oh, Killmonger's the Killmonger's the good guy of the story," which <laughs> oh, I've heard from these people. The, the the point of uh, what what Killmonger wants to do is help oppressed these oppressed black people mm. all over the world, but he wants to do it through death and violence and mm. a violent uprising. And you know, <clears throat> I don't want to speak too much on that. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. But. In, in terms of uh, comic book adventure storylines, mm. that violence, that fighting, and that kind of stuff is what it proves here at the end is that he his point was was true in that Wakanda should be helping these people all across the world and yeah. currently isn't because it's hiding. I thought the so, same thing as that as the, as, but, the, as that ending was happening. But they're yeah. doing it through social outreach, through yeah. charities, through mm. whatever it might be that they're putting their funding to use rather than these dangerous weapons. There we have it. Thanks to the uh, indomitable Will Preston for leading us through the Black Panther movie on our deep, deep dive. Historic, important, seminal movie, billion-dollar blockbuster with a majority black cast, black writer, black director um, of the first mainstream black superhero. Mm. Turn things over to Phil. uh, Phil? (laughs) The indomitable <laughs> Phil Preston. Turn things Phil Preston now, um, who I'm, I'm close friends with, my, my close friend Phil, um, to give uh, your final thoughts on this movie. This is uh, take, just ref- this is just take karma. it away, Bill. This is karma for me for guessing people's names and getting things on early on. Coming back comes to full circle. Yeah, it comes full circle. Tell, me, tell me your final thoughts, Bill. So, anyway. I went in, as we know, knowing barely anything about Black Panther, but was blown away in the cinema. Everything just works. The set design, the dialogue, the choreography, everything about this movie shines. It packs espionage, political drama, science fiction, fantasy, all of this into one epic piece of work. It barely depends on other Marvel films in the timeline and really stands out on its own two feet. 
It's a real shame that Chadwick Boseman was taken from us so early, but what a solid cast all round. As it, impro- as it improves at each viewing as well, it's, uh, I'm trying to hold myself back from saying, and I don't like saying this, I think that Black Panther is a perfect movie. Wow, bold, yeah. yeah. Bold things, I, I hate it. saying it, but wow. I'd love to know now then, Will, your favourite piece of Marvel comic book yeah. trivia that you've learned in this episode today. Well, it's been uh, quite an informative historical uh, episode as well. Of course, a lot going on. Lion but, Man. Lion Man. God, yeah, not that. That's, uh, well, that would be my favourite thing. I mean, my top three uh, it is, uh, <laughs> I think it would be uh, Ulysses Claw turning into, uh, what was it again? A Sonic Being? A goofy Sonic being. Goofy yes. Sonic being. That's that's always fun because it sounds inconsistent, as Stan's scientific endeavours usually are. Uh, there's also Everett, <laughs> Everett K. Ross basically being Chandler. But Chandler Ch- from Ch- Friends. Ch- Chandler from Friends. If Chandler was a subconscious racist. Oh, Chandler was definitely... You know, Christopher Priest is talking about the like the unconscious like bias yeah. and prejudices that everyone have in their head yeah. if you don't have much exposure to black people. I yeah. don't remember seeing us. There's like one black person in all of Friends. Yeah. Chandler very definitely had that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I have to say the the idea of Monica Rambo exploding Killmonger by diving through oh, at light when, speed. And then, and then immediately the whole glancing at the sun, going, "Oh, oh no, no, this is going to happen again, isn't it?" That was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Our reading list for this episode, if you want to dive into some really cool Black Panther stuff, um, I cannot recommend enough the Christopher Priest Black Panther series from the late 90s there are several collections of it and omnibuses of it about but you're just looking for christopher priest priest spelt like you know priest i nearly made a really inappropriate joke and i pulled it back at the end um, oh for the awesome, god for the awesome jungle action series um you want to look for um by by don, by don mcgregor that we talked about that introduces mm. killmonger and then eventually has black panther versus the clan the klu klux clan you want to look for um a collection called black panther the early years i don't know how available that is mm. um but it might be a second-hand market job there's some also good modern a good modern retelling and updating of um T'Challa and Killmonger's history. I think they came out after the movie. Check out Rise of the Black Panther by Evan Narcisse. Um that's uh that's that's a good that's a good tale as well. Well that's the Black Panther put to bed. Our next episode. We're leaving the Marvel universe, we're leaving Ooh. Marvel movies behind. And we're, 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 we're going to take a look at a huge competitor for Marvel in the 90s. And one of the reasons why Marvel collapsed into bankruptcy. It's going to give us a chance to look at all the outside pressures that caused the end, the decline, the fall of Marvel Comics. It died as a company. What we have now is a brand new entity. So join us in our next deep dive for a special look at the 1997 dark superhero movie Spawn from Image Comics. This is a huge and impactful (laughs) moment in the history of Marvel. We'll be here to go all the way through it. If you want cool bonus content, don't forget to support us over on patreon.com slash Marvel vs. Marvel. Marvel vs. Marvel was researched, written, and performed by Rob Holden and Will Preston. The show is produced by Will Preston. 
and our theme song was composed and performed by Dan Walsh. Head to patreon.com slash marvel versus marvel for awesome bonus content. Mm-hmm.